0: I do think that um, people will have difficulty staying with a commitment if they feel indecisive in having made the choice in the first place, and I think it will help when they do.
1: Hello and welcome to Finding Your Spark Again. I'm so glad we're here again together. Today, I'm going to talk with Anna Sachkirat. She is an emotions coach, life yoga coach, a kundalini yoga and meditation teacher, and mother of two teenagers. We today are going to talk about decision making what if i can't decide now i must tell you all i was so excited to get to talk to anna about this because i am one of those people who just picks i just decide and move forward i'm super direct and then the poor rest of the world goes around going like i should make a choice and i did not know that there was a difference until i was in adulthood and found myself in a place where i I had to make choices where I didn't have that strong direction. And so I'm so grateful to get to talk to you today, Anna. Uh,
0: Thank you. I'm so grateful to be here, Donalyn. Thanks for having me. I love this topic too.
1: (laughs) Yes. So let's dive right into this topic because uh, I loved when we spoke earlier. I love that you were so clear uh, about your journey with decision-making. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Sure,
0: thanks. Um, well, I really actually enjoyed the introduction you gave about your own um, your own connection with decision making and just making choices and moving ahead. And I will say that that was definitely not my experience. Um, my experience was more that um, I, I feel like perhaps maybe a lot of my decisions were made for me. Um, I'm a, like a little sister, and I had a, a big sister always who kind of like took me along. And uh, throughout my life, I feel like there, um, you know, when I have to decide for other people, uh, that was a lot easier. But when I had to decide for myself, I found that to be more challenging. And um, so my experience with it is that um, how it showed up in my life when I couldn't decide and when others decided for me uh, were experiences that made me realize that i needed to I needed to figure out how to decide for myself, yeah, so the clarity is the fact that I experienced what it was to not make decisions for myself
1: yeah yeah and and to get such an awareness about the fact that that's not okay, that I want something different than other people making all of my decisions. I think a lot of times when we're in those situations and we're kind of pleasant people who just go along, right? Because sometimes we're in that mode and we're just like, well, this is good enough. And you know, it's kind of good. We'll just do it like everybody wants us to do it, right? (laughs) Uh, That it's easy to, to not even have the awareness, you know? Yes. Exactly,
0: and you do. You feel like you are easygoing. You feel like you just go with the flow. And what's wrong with that? You know, and people must like that. But actually, there's um, it's it was a fantastic realization that I had had at some point in my adult life, where I realized that happy-go-lucky, you know, going with whatever you decide, person isn't really appreciated, <laughs> because it actually puts a burden not I mean I don't know that anyone actually clearly names it uh, at least in my experience but it does put a level of burden on the other person who you're tagging along with and um, they want to know what you decide you know they want to know what's in what is important to you what you prefer and it doesn't mean it has to go your way or the other way but if you don't say anything and you just leave it to them and say, whatever you decide is great, you know, it, it puts a burden on them, perhaps unknowingly, perhaps subtly underneath, and it's not, um, it's not sus- uh, sustainable.
1: I love that you're talking about that, because really, uh, so I experienced this just in recent years where I never had that, you know, the people in my life, super opinionated and let you know about it. And so that was never a thing. And um, as one of my parents started to age, they just became less interested in making the choices. They were like, "Okay, everything's fine. You choose. And that uh, that burden that you're talking about I had never experienced until I had been in that relationship and I will say I, I think there's an element and I'd love to hear if you see this in your uh, in your practice um, there is an element of the the person who is left to do the deciding it just you feel like oh that person's not interested they're not showing up They they don't want to be here right Exactly.
0: Exactly. Like they have to do all the work, you know, for this, for this uh, relationship or for even just, you know, an outing, like let's go to dinner and you're the one always deciding. And I mean, maybe some people like that. Maybe some people like that role of being, you know, like I never have to, you know, do what someone else wants to do. I can always do my own thing, but ultimately it's just such a disservice to the person who cannot decide Um, In her own life, in making choices and going in the direction that actually is meant for her and um, in her relationships, right? And how that shows up like we just talked about. Um, And honestly, no one likes to be in a situation, too, with someone else who's like this. And you're both like, well, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? I don't know. (laughs) And it just nobody makes a decision. Uh, but what, where I really like how the decision making um, shows up in our lives is when you realize when you're out of practice. First of all, if you're someone who has been like that historically, like I had been, um, not making choices, not deciding for um, for yourself, then it's a muscle to build, and it takes practice. and it, it feels hard and it feels scary sometimes because what if people don't like your decision or what if that was the wrong decision? And I think that's what stops people right from actually choosing because it might be the, the wrong choice. And It's practice. It takes practice.
1: Yeah. Uh, and you alluded to this, uh, the payoff being that you really get to own your own destiny. You get to be in charge of your life in a way that like if it's the wrong choice i made it right it's like for me that's one of the most joyous places i can be is to really just mess everything up because when i mess it up i know that i did that and i participated in it and that means that I can participate my way into something different, right? And it's it's really different than like, I just ended up on this boat. I don't know how I got here. <laughs> you know? It's It feels really different than like, I just stumbled into this terrible relationship that I'm in or whatever that, however that's manifesting for you.
0: Exactly, exactly. And I think sometimes it takes those kind of not so good manifestations to realize that you did this to yourself, that you didn't decide for yourself. And so someone decided for you. I mean, I remember hearing that um, many times where someone's the, the, the whole saying that, you know, if you don't decide for yourself, someone else will decide for you. And if it hasn't really been problematic in your life when that happens, uh, then you may have not gotten the impetus to actually go for what it is that you do want and I think that, that that may sometimes be the necessary um, trigger for someone to really decide and to get in the space. I can tell you that one of the um, the spaces that, or the situations that really got me into the space of deciding for myself was um, when I became pregnant with my kids. And at that point, I realized, you know, I, I knew exactly what I wanted to do for my my birthing process for my future children and it was very clear in my head exactly what i was going to do and how i was going to do it and that felt foreign to me and it felt amazing and i thought wow this feels really good to be so clear and it also allowed me then to like make other decisions based on that decision and i think you know it didn't it didn't carry over to other aspects of my life, but it gave me the experience of what that feels like to be deciding for yourself and to make your own choices and how good that felt, how empowering that felt, and how easy it then became to make other decisions in the same for the same vein, for the same path. So... That experience in itself is, um, was a powerful motivator for me to really get clear on what it is I wanted. And I think that that is, you know, that, that's a problem for a lot of people where they just, they don't know what they want, right? And then now they have to decide. And then like you said earlier, it's about being agile and knowing that, you know, if you make a decision, you can make another decision. You know, if it didn't, if it's not going the way you were thinking, you can change course. And um, I think we had been talking about this in the past. I mean, this is what I've known about um, heads of companies, CEOs and um, you know, high level managers that this is what they have to do. They have to know how to pick a path and then switch gears as needed.
1: You're really reminding me of this. Uh, there is this energetic therapy that is uh, called Yes Therapy that I've worked a lot with earlier in my practice. And yes, therapy is all about, it's all about creating momentum in the body and the energetic body. And this ability to choose and then put your energy behind it really is about being uh, skilled at, at allowing and creating momentum in in yourself right because you know you I'm sure have heard people talk about it if it's not a heck yes then it's a no you know all those kinds of things but if you can't feel yes right if you can't feel it like that if it doesn't come up in you like it did in your body when you got pregnant you were like I know I got it it's in my body I can say yes I know that's right or, or I know right if it's not there then then finding those nuanced ways to tap into the energy and then figure out how to allow it to grow so that you know if it's a yes or a no. Uh, That's all energetic work, right? That's all part of that Kundalini energy moving and the things that that you're working with, right?
0: Absolutely. And I actually like um it just reminds me what you said about this energetic feel like this ha- this feeling um, that you know what it is that you want. One of the hacks that I love to do around decision making is if you just don't know, and I'll just use like an example, you, you have two things that you're deciding between, and you just can't decide. If you just write them down on a piece of paper and like scrumple them up and you know put them in a hat and then pick one and just be ready to notice what your reaction and response is to the one that you open up because it tells you right there, like you already know. (laughs) And you just, it's just a little hack. You pull it out and you're like, Oh, you know, you know, immediately you feel it. You're like, that's not the one I wanted. And, um, so it's, it's a fun little hack I like to do when I'm really in that position. Um, but also to what you're saying in terms of this, yes, you know, this yes energy and feeling it inside. Um, there's that, you know, law of assumption that um, really talks about, like, assuming that you've already made this choice and you're there, okay, assuming that and feeling that in your body and noticing what that feels like, that is a a way to kind of put your whole body into it, as you said, right, just put your whole soul into it and, and really feel and understand, and if you can't feel that, if you, if you, um, are trying to decide whether to go down this path or the other, and you and you try that path, and you, you're just not feeling it. You know, you can't assume that you're there. Um, then try the other one. But there, this law of assumption, I find uh, to be really powerful because putting yourself there and feeling yourself in that decision that's made is um, is the first step to actually then going into there and. In, moving into that decision. So it's, yeah, a lot of, lot of good tools like that, this visualization of putting yourself there.
1: I love that. I love that. And I love that you bring up this uh, idea of words, like words are really helpful for us, but they're also how we dig holes, right? <laughs> So like when you're upset and you call three friends and you go like, ah, ar, 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 things are bad, <laughs> right? you're just not not good, not good. <laughs> like just making it bigger. However, when we're in that space of indecision, because indecision really is a decision. So if you don't take it, then some energy in, the, in your vicinity is going to help you make that decision, right? Whether that's an, a partner or, you know, life circumstances or whatever that looks like, right? So uh, so this idea of t- kind of pulling the words out is, is really, I think, a, a really important step that you're talking about. And I've noticed that when people are indecisive by nature, like that's just kind of how they are. They don't have a lot of energy flowing. And then they try to flow this energy Get a little momentum going sometimes there's a lot of flip-flop happening there and is that is that a typical um reaction for for someone who's naturally a go-along kind of person who really wants to take control of their lives, but also, so I'll give you an example. I have a friend who wanted to go to the dentist and she wanted to pick between these two dentists and she called them both up and she interviewed them both and, and you know, something happened with this one where, I don't know, they, they didn't call back at the right time or whatever. She ends up with an appointment with one of them on the day that she's going to the appointment. She says, maybe I should make an appointment with that other one too. And so that's kind of really split energy, isn't it? It's sort of, I still didn't really make a choice. Well, you know, I,
0: in the work that I do with the emotions coaching, um, one of the steps that I really like to take people through, and I do this all the time myself, is to really sit with the situation that, okay, so maybe it's a decision that you're trying to make, like this example of the two dentists. And, you know, feel in your body where you're feeling the indecision and where you're feeling the, like, is it it a a fear of, you know, making the wrong choice? And what exactly is the wrong choice? Like one of the dentists is going to be horrible somehow. I don't know what exactly the the, uh, negative would be, but whatever that fear is underneath there. And to be able to feel, feel it in your body and notice where you're feeling it. And this is really tapping into this little voice inside, right? Tapping into that, that soul inside that is like, oh, no, we've had bad experiences, we've done this. Or, you know, we, what whatever that is, is tapping into what exactly is causing the problem and feeling it. And then going the next step and uh, asking that feeling, well, you know what am I trying to protect myself from? What is it that you need me to know and that may be you know um, maybe you just need to feel more safe uh, with you know getting checking out referrals or checking out you know maybe asking people so doing the steps that you need to do to make maybe feel more safe uh, maybe it is a um, you know a protective mechanism to that you're resisting actually going to the dentist. Maybe there was some other thing that, you know, other stuff you could take instead. Whatever that feeling is, that what is that message that that feeling is trying to tell you, trying to convey? And then going to the flip side and asking yourself, well, what is it, what is it that I want to feel instead? And, you know, what is the opposite of this feeling? And putting yourself in that position and then allowing yourself to feel what that feels like Again, engaging our entire body, and then from there, imagining yourself, this law of assumption that you're already there because this decision and this feeling is already within you. It's accessible in you. How do you get there? What is the first one or two steps that you need to get there? And then you commit right? And then you fully commit. So if you do this kind of in a meditative practice with your eyes closed, and you have this conversation with yourself, and you get into all of the feelings and let your body agree, because a lot of the times when we're making decisions, we're making making decisions that are uh, perhaps egoic decisions, where it's, you know, just your mind, your mind, you know, is trying to protect you, your mind has logical responses and experiences, and it takes you down a path that your body doesn't agree with. And so there's your split. You're like, oh, of course it makes sense. I, You know, I, 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 I interviewed them both, and, you know, this one said this, so then I should go there. But your body somehow didn't agree. There was something inside that you didn't feel into, that you didn't tap into uh, that would allow you to be in agreement with that decision or to realize that there was a dis- different decision to make. So it's a it's a very like it, it could take a while or it could be just a really quick process but just having that moment to check in with the feelings and talk to it and then allow yourself to you know take that assumption assumptive ness that you have this already in you to to be in the place of a very positive confident feeling decision and then from there knowing okay I can commit to that now that I now that I felt it now that I'm there. I can commit to this is my this is the first step I'm taking this is the second step I'm taking, and um, yeah, that's that's really where the split comes from, right? Your body and your mind did not agree,
1: right? So I like that we used a very simplistic, uh, uh, you know, day to day example because I I suspect that your clients who are high achievers, right? come across these kinds of same kinds of feelings, but in decisions that are uh, really high stakes compared to what dentist, what doctor, uh, what we eat for dinner, uh, you know, those kinds of day-to-day decisions, which can give you a lot of decision fatigue when you're the one making every little decision, right? But the toll really comes in the high stakes decisions, doesn't it? It's
0: true, it's true. and. Honestly, even though the high-stakes decisions, there may be a higher cost, perceived cost, to making a wrong decision. A lot of times, it's these subtle decisions in your everyday that actually can impact, can even have a, a greater impact in your experience of life, and then your ability to apply these things to the higher stake, the higher stake situations. So, I mean, when I when I work with my clients. Um, you know whether there's a, a, you know, immediate, urgent need uh, that feels massive, or if it feels small, it's really approached in the same way. Uh, the other part of what I like to recommend to clients is this regular practice of working on your nervous system, so that you can deal with decision making like this. So I have a, you know, there's a lot of breath meditations I use. I have different practices that I use that is a really great thing to incorporate into your everyday when you don't have stressful decisions to make, when you're not under huge amounts of pressure. And it's a way to um, to be able to call on that when you need it. So when when those high-stakes decisions are coming, now you've practiced it in your everyday when you didn't need it. You've practiced it with the smaller decisions that maybe feel a little more subtle and sometimes those subtle those subtle things too are um like the thing that really stands in your in your way in your every day for not showing up the way you want to in your every day i feel like that often has a like even almost a greater impact on your life experience than the
1: few times that you come up with like major major decisions so uh you talked about this committing is it hard for someone who doesn't make decisions easily to commit and then stay committed so you 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 describe this beautiful process of like okay you're gonna interact with your body you're gonna interact with your uh internal dialogue like there's a whole process and then you get to this moment where you're like yep i can commit what happens for for someone who's a bit indecisive after that is there some way that they can stay committed well i think the whole process of going through this kind of feeling into
0: your confidence space where you where you got to choose what you're going to commit to or even if you didn't go through that process and you you committed to you just you just decided i'm going to commit to this and once again it may be a situation where your body didn't agree so it may come up as something that you know, you feel like you can't stay with. I absolutely, I do think that um, people will have difficulty staying with a commitment if they feel indecisive in having made the choice in the first place. And I think it will help when they do the whole process and and feel themselves in that space of having it already, having it, you know, work pan out um, the way they want it. Now, that doesn't always happen, right? <laughs> so you can even like decide on something. But it's one of the things that uh, we do, that I do in uh, working with my clients, just about understanding that um, it's not so much about the outcome. So like when we when you do some sort of goal setting, right? I'm not a huge fan of goal setting, but you need a goal to direct your path, right? This is the direction I'm going in but it's the process to get there. So you you need the goal just so you can create the process to get there. And it's understanding that um, when things shift, if things shift, it was the right decision for the moment. And when you work with your emotions on this, your emotion, like there might be a stronger emotion of shame, for instance, or guilt. That comes up, and so that's why you made this choice instead of another choice that really was helping you to to protect your your sense of not feeling good enough you know or not or feeling um, what's a privileged or you know whatever that is the 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 guilt that may be there so if if those emotions were the ones that kind of were the predominant emotions at the time you were making whatever choice you were making then it was the right decision for the moment and then as soon as the other emotion maybe trumps that for instance let's say desire like i've i've been sitting in this space of being afraid to show up because i am not perfect um, but my desire to really get out there and help people and you know be a light and be a beginner be you know share my gifts share the things that i love to do becomes more um, important to, or more um, it becomes more prevalent in my feelings and my emotions then I will go that way right and then that will trump the, the other feelings and so it's recognizing too that your your emotions are working for you real time and at the moment this is the situation at hand and this is the fear and the, the emotion that I need to deal with and then if that changes then I can shift course and the other thing that people often do when you when you have a hard time knowing what it is that you want or um, being afraid that it's not going to be the right choice, right, is uh, beating yourself up for a decision that you made, right? But beating yourself up for doing it the way you did or feeling the way you do, and really the practice that I work on with people coming to their breath, calming their nervous system and getting them to a place where they can see things more clearly from a place of calm, that helps settle that. You know, that helps settle that feeling. Um, and it helps you then to make, you know be okay with who you are, the decision you make, and remembering that, yeah, that was the right decision for the time, and it can shift.
1: I love that. That was my next question. It was, you know, what do we do? Like, are there practices and how do we get to them to help us? So in my practice, the the relationship between body, mind, and spirit is essential, right? You can't just have, I'm uh, I'm originally licensed as a spiritual health coach. And a lot of times people feel like that means you're just thinking about stuff and Somehow you're connected to some spiritual something or other I don't really understand that part and right so body mind and spirit so if if you think that you are uh, able to have a spiritual relationship with yourself without including your mind and your body, then you've missed it right because we're having a, a spiritual experience in a human body there's there's a lot of wonderful juice about being in the experience of humanity right and so uh so i like that you brought that back to the working with your nervous system and your breath and these these very physical practices that are very essential to our ability to feel our emotions to tap into what's going on to be able to participate in this physical life that we're in and to feel connected beyond our physical existence as well. Well that's great. You well, know, making is spiritual work. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. I
0: mean the whole thing about your body agreeing is like that really is key, you know, because that's why we're afraid to make decisions, because we've left it up to our mind that, you know, isn't necessarily listening in to, you know, what our, our soul, or spirit needs.
1: Is there a practice um, that's simple that you could could uh, you know help us with right now that allows people to kind of ground into that? Because I, as you said, a lot of times our energy is up here in our brains. <laughs> Like, oh, is the camera good? Is this happening? Is that the thing happening? Right? We're always up here, we're always up here because that's how we participate with the world, right? We have jobs that depend on our brain most of the time and things like that. And so, uh, so then, so then, how do we bring it down into the body? First of all, when we feel stuck,
0: movement is really important, right? Um, so it doesn't I mean, I do yoga. I do kundalini yoga uh, specifically for the way it moves energy and it helps me to release stuckness. You know, it, it just helps to, uh, to move the stuck energy. And so that's really important. But even like just taking a walk, you know, mindful walk, right, where you're just noticing each step. So that in terms of just breaking up stuckness is really good. Um, in terms of breath, um, or in terms of getting yourself kind of in this calm place where we can bring our nervous system down. The most simple one is long deep breathing. And it is really just um, understanding how you do your breath and how important it is. Because a lot of us, many of us have learned to um, breathe where we like keep our stomach tucked, you know, tucked in so we look nice and trim, and you know, we're just breathing up here. In our chest area, and that's creating this shallow breathing, and the shallow breathing is creating more stress, and so learning how to breathe deeply all the way down into our belly, like feeling that expansion of our belly as we breathe in, and then up into our chest, and then letting our chest fall, and bringing our navel in, that, you know, this this pattern of breathing nice and deep is going to, to um, you know, get your parasympathetic nervous system going so that you can bring yourself to a calm rest and digest state I have other I have other practices that I do breath meditations that actually do a lot more um, like you move your hands you have a, you know a, a mantra that you say in your head and all of these things these are things we do in the Kundalini yoga practice that um, are really powerful because a lot of times many of us have a hard time just sitting quiet and breathing and calming our monkey mind. Our mind is just like lots of thoughts going on at once. And so sometimes that doesn't work well. So while the the deep breathing is one that can, um, you know, one that can get you there pretty quickly, especially with practice, if you practice it every day. um, I do have one that um, I actually just shared with someone today that um, I could share that I find really fun. And it's a um, practice to help balance your nervous system.
1: Great. Great. Let's talk about that.
0: Okay. All right. So this practice, um, it uses a mantra. And the mantra is Waheguru. So W-A-H-E-G-U-R-U. Waheguru. And Waheguru is essentially this uh, expression of going from darkness to light, from ignorance to wisdom. Um, guru is, stands for um, like teacher and it's darkness to light, essentially. And um, so in this practice, you would be sitting you would be sitting down nice and tall. And you'd have your hands in Gya mudra. okay? This is pointer and thumb pressed together and the rest of the fingers are straight out. And you'd rest this on your lap. This is your starting position. <laughs> and then We'll, we'll, do in, we'll do an inhale in 10 strokes. So what it would sound like is... Okay, so 10. All, this is all nostril breathing. And as you do those 10 strokes, first of all, you remove the gyan mudra and then you bring your hands... See if I can fit my whole body. So your hands start at your left and you just start doing this jerky motion bringing your hands up to your head and then by the 10th one as you breathe in so the 10 the 10 sniffs through your nose as you do this kind of
1: Are 10 segments motion. of lifting your hands from exactly. your lap up to your head to your forehead Correct. to touching your forehead
0: and so that you end with the base of your hand covering your eyebrows and the top of your fingertips going straight up so that's once you get this rhythm down of doing ten strokes with those tenseness, then we'll add the mantra. After that, that's your inhale. And then on the exhale, you put all your fingertips together, including your thumb, and you start up here, and then you smoothly exhale through your nose, bringing your hands down. It's really a sweet feeling, just coming down. And then once you get to the bottom, you end with your hand in Gyan Mudra at your left. Okay. And then you start over, you go So once you get the rhythm of doing the 10, you change the counting to wahe, 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 wahe. Okay, so all the way up to the 10. And then as you go down, guru. You don't say it out loud, you just think it in your head. So that's the whole thing. So it's. And then you keep doing that.
1: Lovely. And that's about the speed that you would do it quickly like that. You can do it.
0: I would say that you slow it
1: down to the
0: pace that works for you. So it depends on how your your breath capacity is. And so just do the 10. I would slow it down in my own practice, um, but do it at the rate that works for you. And then you can do the exhale that kind of mirrors the, uh, the, you know, how long it took to go up. So roughly. And then you do that for at least three minutes, so you can do it for longer. And it's amazing when, you're, when you've got all those things going on, you know, you're doing the, this breath and you're thinking the mantra. It's so much, you would, it, it's amazing how quick that time goes by. And it's a lot easier for a lot of people who aren't, you know, can't just sit still and quiet their mind and just do their breathing, um, which again, is easy and accessible. Um, Maybe more so than this, but um, sometimes harder to do.
1: So what is the benefit of this particular asana? This one is to
0: really help you to balance your nervous system so that nothing bothers you. So things don't bother you. And, you know, I mean, when we're dealing in life, right, when we're in life, we get really pulled into the drama of life and things can feel like the end of the world, I mean, it could just feel like every decision is going to be um, is is going to be the wrong one or is going to be somehow not beneficial to you, but if you can calm your nervous system and get to a place where you can from a calm space, remember, remember that it's basically remembering who you are at your core, right? Remembering who you are deeply. and there's this kind of this both thing of like where we you know, where we uh, think that um, we're so important, right? (laughs) And I I say that because we are important, but I'm saying, you know, where we think everything is so important, everything we do is so important, um, and then also that we take ourselves too seriously, um, but then also recognizing that each of our choices is a choice that benefits our lives, right? And um, recognizing that it's not the end of the world if you make a wrong choice or a choice that doesn't um, feel like it served you but recognizing that that was the thing that you needed to get to the next step right and it's hard to kind of think about all of that from a place where you feel stressed and where you feel self-judgment and self-criticism and um, not feeling a sense of trust in yourself and so a lot of this practice that we do um, in in kundalini yoga meditation and in my life coaching practice is to really remember that, um, that, um, you know, we are experiencing life, right? And every decision that we make and every, every experience we have evolves us to the next experience and the next decision. And remembering that the emotions that come to us are really the little voice inside saying, okay, um, you know, you, I, you feel all this shame or guilt from something in your past, right? Something that you just, it now has been, been, you know, covered up and covered up and covered up so that every time you make a choice that triggers that feeling, it it's not serving you and you have, because you need to go back and really check in on that and heal that feeling of shame or guilt or grief or whatever it is that comes up. And so being able to look at those things uh, requires a strong nervous system and um, a practice so they you can get there when you need it.
1: That's great, that's great. So I love that and that's I love the point that you make that it's hard to make decisions when we're off kilter. so finding your way back to, grounded, and strong, and solid, and, you know, balanced within is really, really important to that process of actually making the decision, right? Um, So that's awesome. Well, I would love for you to let us know, how can everybody get in touch with you? Um, You
0: can find me on my website at EssentialSoulMama.com, or you can find me um, on any of the social media platforms, um, it, I'll, I'll share with you the links. There are a little, some of them vary. Um, but on Instagram, I'm at, at @essentialsoulmama.
1: We'll link all the socials there as well uh, on the platform that you're listening on or watching on. And uh, so, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having
0: me. This is great.
1: You're welcome. It's my pleasure. And so, I am uh, want to remind everybody that you can, of course, go to Donalin blog and get your free gift of the Unbreakable Guide. That's your guide to becoming unbreakable. So the that you don't have to feel like your emotions are running you you have a choice and sitting right in that driver's seat you've got some tools uh, to to really get yourself uh, into the driver's seat of your own life and I will see you guys next time